For Women's Month, you know by now that we are chatting to phenomenal South African women who are making a difference in their own communities around the world and who are making a difference in even just one person's life. And one such woman's name is Charlene Khan. She's a visual artist and I I happened upon her through uh, the website Latitudes. Um, and she was part of this webinar for Women's Day that I couldn't attend, but when I read up about her, I knew I needed to get her on our show. So she's live with me on a Zoom. Hello, Charlene. Hi, Danielle. Nice to chat to you. And you, I've got to tell you, I am very excited, but also a little bit nervous to chat to you. Um, I think, you know, when you when you speak to someone who is so well-versed in, in the world of women and feminism, um, it, it can be a little bit daunting for me because I'm not, uh, I'm going to be very upfront and honest. I should be, I know, but I'm not. And this is why I've decided to take Women's Month to educate myself and to learn about why these things are important. So I'm stoked to speak to you because I feel like I'm going to learn a lot from you. Uh, it's, it's okay. I only eat men for breakfast. So <laughs> only for breakfast. That's, that's okay. Okay. So... Charlene, give me a little bit, give us a little bit of background, who you are, what is a visual artist? So it's what was called, well, a fine artist or just artist. So someone who works in painting, sculpture, um, you know, uh, drawing, that kind of thing. So what you would call an artist. Uh, okay. Those kinds of people who sit in front of canvases and make pretty <laughs> things. Um, but of course, you know, the, the word fine artist has, has gone out of traction uh, because it's associated with the colonial arts. So visual artist is, is, is the current uh, term for that because it's, it's a much more expanded idea of what of what art is it encompasses a whole range of media and how did you find yourself within the art world is it something that you've done from when you were really little did you study what was your journey into art yeah you know I, I think all of us kind of grew up with the with with some form of creative arts in our house right uh, we, we don't often think about uh, creative capacities as arts. My, you know, your, my dad welded, my mom made um, candles and rag dolls and uh, chocolates. So you don't think of those as artistic practices, of course, but th those are artistic practices uh, that we grow up with. And I was always drawing as a child. Um, I was making little things around the house and then at school I was fortunate enough to have a, a good art teacher and and that's and that's how I came into the arts but then of course I had teachers who said oh well, arts will never get you anywhere <laughs> and then fortunately uh, I applied for microbiology at school and then I had an attack of conscience when I, I went to like two weeks before I was supposed to start university mm -hmm. and my art teacher I kind of got a hold of me and said, no, you have to study arts. This is supposed to be your destiny. And uh, he, he managed to get me an interview and that's how I got into the arts. Good man, that man. With art, yeah. Oh, Good man, oh, that man. Um, I, I've got to ask you on that, on that exact tip. So I went to drama school and wanted to st I studied drama. I've done drama my whole life. But when I was in Pro-Arts at Alphen Park, there were a lot of kids who were studying arts. Obviously, there are different study fields. And mm -hmm. it was almost as if we, it was an unspoken thing that none of us were really ever going to make it. 
but it was mm. something that we loved, but you should always have a backup plan. And how, I, I wanted to ask you, because I think you're really well versed in this. How do we remove that stigma? What can I do today with my kids or my nephews and my nieces to remove that and say, you know, go, go live your dream. It is possible. Here's Charlene. Here's Danny. Yeah, it's two people, but they're doing it. Danielle, it's such a fantastic question. You know, I, I wish people would, would ask that question more often because, you know, sometimes when I take the taxi uh, and the Uber, I can't tell you how sad that it makes me feel when people ask, so what do you do? And I say, you know, I'm a visual artist. I lecture in the arts. And, and they say, oh, well, I, I, I did art in school and I really loved it. And then, and, but, you know, I couldn't go on and I couldn't do it because, mm. because, because. Uh, and usually there's a parent to discourage them. There's a teacher that discouraged them. There was just no support in that. Um, they had nobody who who understood, or you know, just just there was there was no there was no follow through basically. Yeah. Um, and and so um, and 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 that's what you need. You know, if you don't have somebody in your family who understands it, you need some mentor who steps in and helps you out in some way or the other to say, listen, you need to, to, to apply for this scholarship. You need somebody to take you under the wing to show you some interest in that, right? Or you need a hardcore passion to stand up to literally everybody in society and say, I'm going to study this regardless, you know? And, and, and so often for even children of color, that's what it takes. Yeah. But, but and, and, and sometimes just feeder systems, like if you don't, at, at the very least, you need a family that's not going to stand in your way, right? A yeah. family that says, oh, you, you love the arts. Please just go and study what you're passionate about. The worst thing that can happen is for a, a family to say, um, you know what? Just go and do engineering. And then you can, when you finish doing your engineering, then you can do what you love. Mm. Because by the time you get through engineering, then you need to go and do your internship and then you've you've wasted you know you've wasted practically so many years of your life that by now you feel okay I, it's too late for me to study yeah. um and so what you need is you need you need to be able to you just have to get into the system to find support to find mentors um to to have that commitment and that passion for it if you don't have commitment and you don't have passion for the, for the field, then it's probably the wrong field for you um, because that's what it takes. You know, to survive in the creative arts, you have to have that passion and the commitment yeah. to survive in, in such a, uh, what can I say, precarious field. Uh, mm -hmm. You have to kind of have the drive for it. Mm, and the thick skin for it as well, I think. Shalene, on... Yeah, on, but you on, know, waking up and doing something you love every day. Yeah, I know. I know very few people get to do that. But I just I wanted to just go back to to the child of color who who's sitting at home and who is very unsure about their education full stop. But an education in the arts is considered quote unquote not a real job firstly. And secondly, it is also just as expensive as going to university. So your parents are, are, are making this, this choice, obviously, and there's this power dynamic because you are still their child um, and it's not an acceptable career. What is, is there a space for that child of color who has obvious talents? Is there a space for them to go and find a mentor? Because it's, it's you know, I, I always get very nervous when people say, you find a mentor, I don't know how to do that. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's an that's an important thing. Um, so so in in that conversation we were having the other day, um, we you know people asked about that. You know how you know how do you find mentors? Um, and someone said, you know how how she she came to me and in, in and she introduced herself at at, at a conference. Um, so so and 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 how much of how much of um, courage it took for her to just come up and and speak to me. Now now I don't think of myself as as unapproachable, or I don't think of myself as a big name. Um, but uh, you know, everybody has their levels of who they find is 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 next next level, right? But sometimes your mentor can just be your high school teacher. Sometimes your mentor can just be your lecturer. A mentor doesn't have to be a big name person. Mm. A mentor just has to be somebody who sees something in you and has the time for that. That is all a mentor is. My mentors, you know, in, in high school was, was my high school teacher who up until I finished high school invested a lot of time and care in me, taking me home, providing me with equipment. And when he finished, it was my, it was my university lecturer who did that. And she is my mentor right up until today. You know, she, she took over when I was 18 years old and I'm now 43. She's still my mentor, wow. writing reference letters right up until today. Wow. And when she left out of the country, there was another lecturer who took over. And she's still my mentor till this day. <laughs> and, and so, you know, as much as Dave invested in me, I invest in other young people. And, and, and so that relationship continues. But I value their mentorship. And, and I, I hopefully I invest in them as people because, you know, um, you mustn't just take and take from people as well, because you yeah. must also give back to people uh, who put in, in put into you. It's not just a one way system. And then you also must invest, even if you are a few years older than someone, you take somebody else under your wing as well. So it's always a continuous system. And, and it's a building system and it's a giving system. This is how communities of color have always worked. And, and so, you know, this is social network. This is social capital. This is how we build social capital beyond economic capital. So we mustn't just think about mentors as people with money. It's people with knowledge. It's people with care more than just, you know, people with money. So, 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 so that what it, and so, and, and of, too often we always want to just take and take and take, but we also have to invest in people who are giving to us as well. And so, how you, how, how, how you get a, how you get a mentor is you just, I, literally last year, somebody, um, a student who was not mine, right? She came up to me and, and my workload was full and my tutorship was full. And she came up to me and she said to me, um, listen, Charlene, I think you would be good me you need to stop playing hard to get I think you know you, you're gonna be good for me and so I was like wow I love the students audacity I was like okay go and ask them because I, I know and there was another student who didn't find me very full of value and I know she was dying to leave me I said okay so, <laughs> so go and ask them to do the, to do the swap and you know, I love dealing with the students. She, she just adds so much of joy to my life. 
I love that. That's, I love that explanation of mentorship because it is about give and take because even though you're older and you're more experienced and you're wiser and you've, you've got life experience, they're going to teach you how to see things through a new fresh set of eyes. Just like when you're raising children, right? It's, it's the most beautiful relationship and you can both get something out of it. Okay. But it is women's month and it is a month that I, I don't look forward to because I know that all the corporates are going to get on board and do these great messages for exactly four weeks and then it's gone and everyone's going to ask you, what does it mean to be a woman? And you're going to have to come up with an answer because it does matter and people do care. But I wanted to speak to you specifically around women's month and specifically around feminism, because this is something that I think I've avoided for the longest time because of Twitter. I think, um, Feminism has a very bad rap. So firstly, what is feminism to you? Feminism is about gender equality. It is about the need to, um, about understanding that in the evolution of human history, that there has been structural inequality that has been created that has reduced women to second-class citizens. Mm. And so it is about restructuring society to remove the barriers and to remove the social inequalities that has structured women as second-class citizens in all respects of life and so it is about that continuous removing of boundaries it is and and it is about reordering um mental mentalities it is about reordering all kinds of of practices um that continuously uh, suppress women um that continuously um uh, uh, views women in these ways that continuously uh, women and children um, and so it is about reframing how we view women and how we treat women in society so that we want social equality for 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 all women um, and uh, 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 not just not just um and 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 persons who identify as mm. as women as well yeah so not just not just not just people persons who were born female but people uh, persons who identify as being women as well that's such a valid valid conversation and i'm actually having a conversation with with someone around this um and i think that in these spaces it's it's time to educate and it's it's time to talk about these things even though some people might be afraid to talk about them and some people might be uncomfortable i think that it's very necessary because it may not be your truth but it is someone's truth and this just circles back straight into what exactly what you were saying about feminism i am a woman and I always have been, and it's been fairly a privileged position to be in, to know that this is what I am and that's it. But equally within that, there has been a lot of, of suppression and a lot of, a lot of unhappiness and a lot of 
a lot of frustration, I think. And, you know, reading up on you and reading up on feminism, I think it's vitally important that in, in some way, shape or form, everyone should be feminist, even men. I don't know if that's right. Absolutely, because the, the question is, if, if you ask someone, are you against the equality of women and women identifying persons, they're going to say, no, I'm not. Mm. And then you go, but that's the definition of feminism. And then they're saying, oh, well, okay, I can accept that. And then you say, well, that's what a feminist is. <laughs> they don't, everyone should be feminist. They don't necessarily eat men for breakfast every day. <laughs> no, and, 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 that's, and that's been the key. Um, see, when, when I came to feminism as well, which, and, and, and that was, you know, there were, there were strains in white feminism mm. that, I, that did not sit well with me. Um, especially the kind of antagonisms against men, yeah. which is which is uh, and 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 views on on childbearing and religion that did not sit well with me, which yeah. is why I sort of eventually gravitated to to forms of black feminism and African feminism. So there's not even one kind of feminism, right? There's so many different kinds of wow. black feminisms, African feminism, post-colonial feminism, economic feminisms, uh, womanism, motherisms across the world. So there's, there's, there's Muslim feminisms. There's, there's, there's a feminism for every kind. There's, there's is the, the only problem is there's not a feminism that you're going to find that, that's going to say that that um, going to put men first, unfortunately, because it's, 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 it's an eradication of that system of inequality. Yeah. And, so, and so, um, so, so you can find a, a strain of feminism that fits in with, with, with uh, your, your social beliefs, your religious beliefs. You, you can find that, that, that strain that, that, that fits in with, with where you're at. I, you've just blown my mind. I don't know why I didn't think that there would be so many different kinds of feminism. I wouldn't even know where to begin. I mean, you know, just within daily practices in my own life, where would one begin to put these practices of feminism in, into place? Is it a stand up for yourself more? Is it a speak out if you see something? What are some of the small things that everyone across the board can do? Figuring out what's, 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 um, what's, the, what's at the core of, of, of where you're at right now. So what's, what's affecting you right now? What are you passionate about right now? What's the issue that's, that's, usually affecting you right now so i think that's that's the place most of us come to feminism and and you know you often hear this this idea about intersectional feminisms right or intersectionality that people often talk about and intersectionality is is this idea that there's this intersecting matrices of oppression right there's we can't separate how race and sex and gender and and nationality uh, and class how all of this come together mm. to affect us you can't pull any of those things out and so even as we can't pull out how these matrices of oppressions come together to affect us as an individual right so 
So I come from an Indian background. I'm South African. I'm woman. Uh, I came from a working class background, but I've moved into a middle class kind of background. I can't. I can't. That that all comes together to make up who is Charlene Khan right now. Yes. So all of that together um, affects how I see the world, but it also affects what issues are closest to my heart right now. Education, issues around race in South Africa and how that affects uh, my students, how that affects me as, 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 a, as a woman of color in the workplace, how it affects my students, how it affects the education system, all of that. So those are the things that are absolutely closest to my heart, how it affects the South African visual arts field, for instance, but also how it affects, say, my, my art practice, what interests me in my art practice. Um, so, so those are the things from which I start my feminism. And so, you know, as a feminist yourself or for whoever's hearing this, maybe it's around how it affects your body. Maybe it's around issues of, of, of women's health reproduction. Maybe it's around um, you know, issues about self-identification. Maybe it's a simple issue around love. Maybe it's around who you have the right to love. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's around your family. It, 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 it can be as simple as that. All of these there's no such thing as an apolitical idea or an apolitical stance, right? Every, even the idea of apoliticalness is a political measure. Mm-hmm. So, so all of this is, 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 is political issues, um, even in the home space, even right now in your home, that is a political space. And so, and so um, you know, you, it's, it even starts there, you know, uh, a domestic worker, that, that is, that, that is a, a highly domestic issue itself. So, so, so it, it, every single thing for, for, for a woman is, 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 a, is, a, is a political cause that, that, that can be a feminist cause as well. Charlene, before I let you go, I, wanted to, I want to ask you, as, as a person, a woman, with the very obvious privilege, firstly, of being white, and then coming from a middle-class background, and then identifying as cisgender. How can I be better in a workplace environment for a woman of color, or for a woman who perhaps, ident- for, for, for someone who identifies as a woman, or in, in just any environment? What can I do with my privilege to make it better? We, yeah, that's, yeah, again, another great question, Danielle. You know, one of the great things is that um, we, we, at the moment right now, you know, the the, the huge movements around Black Lives Matter, the Mm -hmm. huge attention that's being caused around, um, around uh, Black bodies and the violence around Black bodies, uh, that, that Black bodies go through every single day. Um, and and how important it is to be allies, and 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 that and that is, um, and that and that has always been in the history, right? Of 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 causes, um, uh, and and movements. 
uh, whether we're looking in the civil rights movements, in the feminist movements, in 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 our own you know in our own movements here in South Africa, uh, you know in in the women's in the very famous um, uh, women's march on 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 government here in in the 1950s. The 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 issue is that we we always need allies. We always need allegiances to to have to have mass mobilization, but but that must always be structured, mm. not just on people coming together, but it has to be on knowledge. And so, you know, the best thing that 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 um, our allies can do is to get knowledge. And so, an enlightened ally is the best thing that we can have. So go and read, you know. Go and read a bell hooks book. Start off with a bell hooks. There's nothing better than a bell hooks book. Go and read um, an Angela Davis book or a Patricia Hill Collins book. Um, you know, to to have those kinds of starting points um, for for me um, to to have somebody who understands from 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 a Pumla Gola or an Yvette Abrams book and knows what it's like to to understand that those kinds of literature from um and and to understand a, a, a black feminist perspective and to understand black causes in that way. Um, uh, you know, you, you might not really understand black experiences because mm. you, you can't, but to understand the black cause uh, not to speak for it, but to align yourself with it is is and and to you know, align yourself in trying to change work work places and to mobilize and to stand with that 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 there, there's there's always a place for allies in 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 uh, in causes that that's what mass mobilization is about. Charlene, I have absolutely thoroughly enjoyed every minute of this conversation, truly, truly. And I feel like there is so much more that we can get from you. Firstly, before I let you go, um, I'd like to know if you could just email me that list of books so that I can publish it within the article so that anyone else who wants to read them can also. And then secondly, um, where can we follow you? Where Do you have an Instagram? Where can we see your creative mind? Where can we follow you? Uh, so, Danielle, uh, I just want to also say thank you so much for this opportunity uh, to engage. Um, I am a bit, uh, somebody called me recently, uh, a bit of a social media virgin. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't, I don't have a Twitter or an Instagram account. I do have, a, I'm old school, I do have a Facebook account. But what we do have, I'm going to punt, is I, I am a co-convener with uh, Dr. Linda Gichanda Spencer, an African feminist. We, have a, we host an African feminism conference yearly, and we have an, an African feminist, a huge African feminist archive of, um, of uh, presentations where you can hear amazing speakers. Um, and so we have we have uh, speakers, and actually this this three this this last three months we are profiling all of our speakers on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. So I can send you those. So I would rather that you follow all the amazing women that they really are, rather than just me. And I can also send you sort of uh, my uh, my website in terms of my visual art. But 
I would rather that you follow some of the amazing South African uh, women feminists that we have because they are truly, truly outstanding. I love you very much. Thank you so much. I'll put all of that into the article. And Charlene, you must have the most incredible Women's Month and just know that if you've done anything in this, in this half an hour conversation, you've educated one woman who's going to be better for another woman. Thank you so much, Danielle.